bases episode four in baseball there are such things that as we as players fans that we cannot explain karma is real and the ball never lies there are many reasons why we are superstitious and do the same routines over and over so for many years i've been trying to figure out how can these be explained for example in 2016 one of my best friends passed away and he was a big baseball fan and i was joking with a buddy and i said watch logan somehow will tell the baseball gods that the cubs will go all over the world series and go to the game seven just to irritate me well cubs went to extra innings in game seven of the world series yeah, no, I I can't explain that one. Like I said, Logan's a big Mariners fan. So we went to a Mariners game for my birthday in 2015, and Mike Montgomery made his debut. From that day, we thought that Mike Montgomery, and still do, think that he's a stud. So w- when the Cubs acquired Mike Montgomery in a trade, I was excited. Logan was low-key not excited but he did say that he from there would be cubs fan only only for him so revert to game seven the world series mike montgomery came in bottom of seventh inning and he threw the last out for the cubs and they won the world series like how do you put those together and explain that I mean, it could just be a coincidence, but I kind of wanted to search for some more answers. So I did a Google search and came across my next guest. He's the founder, president, and financial advisor at Saya Investment Management just south of Kansas City. He's a bachelor's degree in political science and also his MBA. But his passion is to find the answers about those spiritual entities that we cannot explain and also that i'm in search for loaded bases i have the author of one of my favorite books baseball gods are real jonathan fink how's it going everything's great mason so glad to be here thanks for having me okay no problem no problem so you introduced uh this book you uh quoted a line out of bull durham and for instance, there are 108 beads on a Catholic rosary. There are 108 stitches on a baseball. When I learned that, I gave Jesus a chance, but it didn't work out between us. So right then, right when I read that, I was hooked. Because there is a line between religion and baseball. Yes. And by the way, on the, on the rosemary beads and on the, the mala beads that yogis used to pray, there's 108 beads. So Ooh. as I looked at the numerology, the number 108 even further, I was, I was taken aback and really uh, very impressed the work of the baseball guys. They know what they're doing for sure. Oh, it digs deep. So tell me, what gave you the whole idea and inspiration behind the baseball gods? Yeah, I've always loved to write. Uh, in college, I was writing music reviews for the Tulane Hullabaloo. In college, going to concerts and reviewing albums. So I've always loved to write. When I was going through my, my, uh, my midlife crisis, I thought, you know, one day maybe I'll, I'll write a book and, and uh, 
and summarize what I went through. And I even had an idea of the book called, it was called The Mountain of Me. But then the baseball gods became part of my life. And they started taking over writing my books. In fact, I, I think that all my books in a way are, are, are helped through writing with spirit. But what actually got me to decide to actually physically write a book and, and make this a second career was author Kathy Bird. You know, Kathy, wrote, Kathy Bird wrote a book called The Boy Who Knew Too Much about her son, uh, Christian Hopp. And it, the thesis of her book is she discovered that he might be the reincarnation of Lou Gehrig. And that's such a mind-boggling oh, yeah. that's a- you know, proposition. And the book blew me away and it moved me. And I, th- I said to myself, you know, I, I, I hope she's telling the truth because all my stories are truthful. And I wound up going to LA and I got a chance to meet her and meet her, meet her son and watch him play baseball. And at eight years old, Christian Hawk was the best athlete at that age that I've ever seen. And we've stayed friends. And so as our, as our friendship has, has matured, I've watched him, you know, last year as an 11-year-old, mm-hmm. he threw two no-hitters. And he was invited to the U11 Select 30 teams, one of the best 30, you know, 11-year-olds in the country. And so having met them and realizing their story was, was true, at least I believe it's true, um, and knowing how personal and, and maybe potentially embarrassing these stories were, yeah. you know, I wasn't sure I wanted to share my life story like that, you know, having my life be an open book. But when her book came out and it really moved me and then I met them, that's when I realized, yeah, I have a mission and I need to share my stories too. And maybe when I open my, my mind to that possibility, maybe the baseball gods sort of flow through me more because I've been writing yep. books ever since. I've now written, you know, six books in four years. So, you know, this Which stuff that's is no a joke. lot of writing quick. Yeah, I'd for sure. Because there's uh, three volumes to the baseball gods are real. Yeah. So baseball gods, um, volume, volume one and two, two came out last year. Volume three is done, but as I mentioned in our pre-interview, I had, I had to edit a few things. Um, yes. uh, the Astros uh, scandal happened, and also Tyler Skaggs passed away. Yes. And the, the baseball god moments that happened around Tyler Skaggs was unbelievable. I can you know, list a, a litany of different coincidences that, that happened. But look, when Mike Trout hit a home run, 454 feet. Oh, yeah, there's... His number, you know, Skaggs number forward and backwards. You know, there's so many things happen that give you goosebumps. And um, so that's, so volume three is still in editing. And to be honest, it's a very hard book to edit because I reference so many statistics and dates and legendary players that my editors have to, you know, search and fact go check back and stuff. fact check everything and yeah, make sure so it's all. Lot, so actually I'll be releasing um, mu- mu- my, my next book, Music Gods, volume one, the road of the show comes out this week on June 4th. And the next book will actually be volume two from Music Gods. Um, and then the next book after that will be the volume three, the baseball gods are real, the religion of the religion of baseball. And okay. in many ways, that was the, the book that when I first met John Perrin, the pitcher, and then met Kathy Bird, I thought I would maybe incorporate my life into a book about the religion of baseball. And then the first book really became more about just my life, where you'll see that volume three really has nothing to do with me at all. It's a true you know, uh, baseball book written for me as an author and being a very objective person looking at, you know, history. And a lot of my material for that book is from the last few years, just me being a baseball fan, observing and cutting articles. Oh, yes. And so, for example, even though I have a chapter about freak injuries, I'm only referencing injuries that have been freak in the last few years. So the book is very relevant, but it's still hard, you know, you know, hails back to the old times when freak injuries and, and all the different, you know, stories of Babe Ruth and legends and, and baseball gods. And it all kind of comes full circle. So yeah, so the, so Kathy Bird was definitely the inspiration, and, and we're still friends, and and um and she continues to inspire me because now she's looking to write other books, and um she's she just penned her first uh, screenplay, and I'm doing this the same That's thing. That's awesome. Actually. Because of her, I'm gonna write a, a movie script called The Baseball Gods Are Real. We'll see what happens. Oh, that that will be awesome. Yeah, John Perrin will play himself. I hope. Oh, he will. Question, question on that one. Is that is that him on the cover? 
Yes, that is. That's what I thought. That that is what I thought. Yeah, he played in fall ball in Arizona in 2017, and they wore uniforms that were unique to that team, but they wore Mm -hmm. the badge. And so that picture was great because if you notice the gloves in front of his face, yeah, you can't tell who he is. So it could be an anonymous. It could be anybody. But if you read the book, and you know, for me, you know, I know who it is. Um, so it's kind of paying homage to him personally. But the idea is that you know, the the road of the show and this journey that I'm on, and that all baseball players go on. It's, um, you know, we all have our own road to the show. Yes, you know, this, yes. This book, you know, features John Perrin and my road to the show. But as you'll see in my follow-up books, I start writing about other people's road to the shows. And, and, and so it goes. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, ev- every player that makes it has their own unique story. There was a uh, interview I uh, listened to a few weeks ago, and uh, it was on the Starting Nine podcast. And uh, Amir Garrett was the... Uh, guest and he wanted to play professional basketball he did not want to play baseball and so he was drafted and he thought that once you're drafted you go straight to the big leagues and then he showed up to to spring training and he had no idea who anyone was or anything and he said that there's no one that grinds like baseball players do and it's such an amazing yeah journey yep and now he's an MLB the show with an 87 rating diamond dynasty and he's a yes. left-hander with a good fastball yeah he is yeah he uh he actually i mean because in high school he could throw really hard and he didn't see that as being a i guess a big talent because yeah. he wanted to play basketball but something uh happened that his uh i i think it was his uh something with his school did not go through for college basketball and he already was drafted so baseball god spoke that's right you are playing baseball you have and, a gift right and the baseball gods felt more stronger than the basketball gods did and, and yes. by the way in my in my book coming out next week i write about the bruce springsteen road of the show mm-hmm. and in high school he was a baseball player Yep. And I write about his moment when the music gods took over. He basically was playing Friday night concerts and, um, you know, he would play baseball, you know, in the mornings, whatever. And there was a, a rain, a, a, a rain out. So there was a game the night after the morning after he was hung over from playing a show and he was in right field. And he was praying to the baseball gods and no balls would come his way. <laughs> the ninth, with a runner on third, a towering ball comes his way and he botched the play and See? they lost the game. Be- and that was the last baseball game he ever played. And then from there on, he, he got into music big time and, his road to the show turned out pretty good. Oh, yeah. But the music gods, you know, the idea is that, you know, when I think of, you know, God or spirit, if our past loved ones, before, you know, before they come back to earth and reincarnate, if they're our guardian angels looking after us, you know, that's who, and if, they, if that's who the baseball gods are, it's whoever you, you want to think of them. Yes. But when, you know, I know if I died and, and I'm an angel, my, my interest back in this life was in baseball. So I'd probably spend more time looking around, hanging out at baseball fields than, oh. than something else. But if I also like music, then when I go, you know, watch some fish concert as an angel and I see some, you know, something going on, I want to intervene and help somebody. Yeah, yeah. And I'm the music gods, right? So it's all, it's all spirit to me. Yes, but the idea is that much. when you tap into it, um, magical things happen. And I personally have just found that um, baseball has been the vehicle where I've seen and experienced these magical synchronicities. But I also have a passion about music and as you'll know from my book, it happens too. So the key is it's really whatever you're passionate about, that's going to open your heart and your mind and the energy flow. uh, And that will create abundance in in whatever that passion is. And if it's baseball, it's music, it could be accounting. There's accounting gods too, believe me. 
Oh, yeah. Although they're probably not as cool as See, the music. I need to pray to them. What jersey are you wearing? Right now. And why? Yeah, so, so this is interesting. When you, when you, if you, if you get into the idea of manifesting, the idea yes. that you can you know, help shape your reality with your thoughts and your actions and your words, that whatever you're thinking about, that's what you're going to create most of. And so in, in the house, I used to, I, when I was, for many years, I used to collect soccer jerseys, actually, when I would travel mm-hmm. around and whatever. So for the last many years, I've been collecting baseball jerseys. And I try to find jerseys that are meaningful to me. And then, and then I'll wear them in the house, usually also when I'm, not even when I'm writing, all the time. Yep. You know, and, 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 you know, whatever I'm feeling, that's the jersey for the day. And so for this one, I thought, you know, it's, it's very interesting and apropos. I, I wore my 2017... <laughs> Uh, World Series, Houston Astros, Jose Altuve jersey, which shows that I can maintain a sense of humor as to the baseball yes. god. But the reason why I wore this jersey is because this uh, has a lot of baseball god uh, symbolism because my son and I were at Game 7 of the 2017 World Series when the Astros won, by the way, on the road in L.A. So, yeah, they were banging their yep. garbage cans to win those home games. <laughs> so, fair, you know, so, shout out to the, the Astro fans. They did, earn, they did win the Game 7 on the road, even yep. when they brought in Kershaw in the late innings. But so, yep. yeah, so my son and I, in my first book, I have a chapter called The World Series Experiment, where basically during a meditation, the baseball gods told me to be a game seven. I knew how it happened, all the, the wins and losses. And to, to prove that it was real, I bought tickets a, a week ahead of time. And sure enough, they, it was a game seven, eight and I were there. But the, at the time, I didn't appreciate the symbols in this jersey. I just thought it was a World Series jersey. Yep. So here we are a couple, couple of years later. The Astros have been a great team. Uh, in 17, 18, and 19. And in 2019, you know, my son is a, obviously a huge baseball fan, uh, more and more each day. Uh, right now, Al, it used to be Derek Jeter but did it as his favorite player. But Alex Bregman, third baseman, the Astros, became his favorite player. In fact, when they had was bar mitzvah last year, he even wore – we all wore jerseys. I wore a Jackie Robinson jersey. Baseball bar Astros. mitzvah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> or Alex Bregman. So he has an aunt, we have aunt and uncles who have really good royal seats. And they mm-hmm. said, what do you want for your birthday? So months in advance, Nate knew, I want to ask for those Astro tickets. And so in September, at the very end of the year, um, the Astros were in town. And we brought a signed copy of my book for Alex Bregman because my son, Nate, has learned to manifest. He, you know, he'll say, we're going we're gonna to be Alex Bregman for sure. And we're going to give him your book. And I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, that'll probably never happen. You have to believe. You have to yep. believe. So I, I, right along with him, I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. So sure enough, it happened. And, you know, and as, you know, Nate's talking to Bregman about bar mitzvahs together because they're both Jewish and Nate's giving him the book. I'm taking, taking some pictures and I spoke with Alex for a minute. And then I thought about when, when the, the Astro scandal broke, I, I thought about that day because I literally handed Alex Bregman, my son handed him the book that said, as he's looking at it, the baseball gods are real. <laughs> he then brings that book into his dugout, you know, into his, you know, clubhouse where all these players have been cheating for at least two years with buzzers, with the, yep. with the banging, who knows how they've been doing it. And so the idea was that, you know, baseball guys are always watching. They'll let you just cheat. But karma yes. is real and baseball karma is definitely real. And yes. so the baseball guys were planting a seed in that clubhouse. I mean, look, that book could have went up in the trash can. I don't know how many people read that book in that clubhouse, but it was a warning. It was an omen for those yes. fellows that you've been cheating for two or three years in a row. The baseball guys now know it and you will soon pay the price. And it's so interesting that not only did they pay the price, I think we all have paid the price because the pandemic happened and then baseball yep. was absolutely canceled for the whole season. Yes. So this, this, this gives me goosebumps. And so look, yeah. the baseball guys are definitely real. Let's, 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 get, let's get into that. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. So yeah, so I thought this one was a, a funny jersey, but, but it perfect. is an amazing story because it shows that karma is real and God, let's use yep. that, I'll use that term, I don't, I don't mind using that word. God will use people and move them around like chess pieces to do his work. And the baseball gods need to let the Astros know that what you've been doing is wrong, and this is your warning to stop it. 
but the punishment will be forthcoming. And sure enough, yeah. Here we See, are. I think you are the only person to get away with wearing a Houston Astros jersey. Yeah. Because yeah. deep so down, oh, I know. You, you and your son were the ones too. You were the best. Hey, yeah, you were sent. Now, now to digress. I, I do appreciate that what they've done in baseball with this shitty yep. scandal is, is an abomination. But yep. to be fair to them, this is, you know, my good friend Andrew Oshman out there, diehard Astros fan. Look, baseball players have been cheating forever. Yeah. Even oh, yeah. Hank Greenberg in 1930s with the Detroit Tigers had binoculars on the outfield scoreboard looking to steal signs. Mm-hmm. So there's always been cheating. It's just a matter of, you know, what's in – you know, the, an ethical moral, morality perspective that's deemed okay. Yes. And when you're cheating above and beyond just stealing signs, you know, from the first base coach taking a look, third base coach taking a look, when you start using technology, it just starts to ruin the integrity yes. of the game. And we can go into steroids and all that stuff, but this has just been around forever. And so maybe it's a reflection of our, you know, in volume three of Baseball Gods, I write about how American society and baseball mirror each other, whether it's through racism or labor union relations there's so many different oh, yeah. things that happen and in many ways this cheating scandal is it any different than than the wall street traders rigging markets you know and, and, and rigging markets on wall street so it's just a reflection of our society that there's this desire to compete and to win mm-hmm. at all costs and some can do it honorably and some feel the need to cheat and i guess what i would just always say is that karma is has a very long memory Yes. And so, you know, if not in this lifetime and the next one, for sure, the baseball gods will, will, will always find equilibrium in universe. Oh, they, they will get you. There is no, no ifs, ands, or buts. The baseball gods will get you. Yeah, I mean, they're loving, but they, they want to discipline when needed. There's much needed for the Astros right now. Yeah, I think so. You have, you've written six books. Yep. Six books now. And they are all of the same format. Vir- yes. virtually yes so I, I design yes so you started um so you started writing these books and so what made you start the whole process well yeah so I, i'll be fair i mean i had a liberal arts degree uh, at okay. Tulane university which gives you a really broad education but it doesn't help you in the business world really yeah. being really good at liberal arts so when i moved to kansas city i, I got an mba at university of missouri in kansas city mm-hmm. and even though I studied many different um, uh, topics at business school, um, I, I did take a lot of marketing classes. And so mm-hmm. um, learning how to run a business something that I've always wanted to do. I got yep. my first chance to do it when I started my, my own investment firm and, and marketing and doing the branding and, and, and all that stuff I did in-house. A, I didn't want to outsource it. I, I couldn't afford yeah. to do it really, but I, I like to do it. I enjoy marketing. And so when, when I started this Polo Grounds publishing company, it was another way to me for to, to use my creativity to build something, but also to use my marketing, um, uh, you know, skills. And, and I love that. And so I was very conscious of how I would, you know, name the books and, and having the music be a different series than mm-hmm. the baseball book, but yet using the same imagery and all the covers. So it, it, it feels like a continuous series in itself. So when it's done, there might be three baseball books and three music books and, three investment books, but it'll read like one through nine. It'll all be yeah. it'll like one continuous thing. And so I might one day change the book covering and maybe how I lay out the actual book. But for, for the first four, I wanted them to be identical because I wanted to show that there is a relation between my first music book and my yep. first two baseball books. They, they thematically are a continuation of my life story. Um, and so the, the ability to understand marketing was important and really to be, you know, not that 
everyone should, you know, not, you know, everyone should explore education as they need to. But yep. when it comes to marketing, it's actually very simple. It's called the four P's, right? Product, price, place, and promotion. So I knew yes. I was selling a book. As far as pricing, I was able to go on to competitive, you know, other authors and see what they price. Um, you know, I didn't have much of a budget. So when it comes to promotion, most of it's self-promotion. It's, it's using social media. Yep. It's linking my book. Um, it's getting interviews like this on podcasts. But it's all organic word of mouth, kind of like how a, a jam band starts their career. Um, where I'm not, I don't have a publicist. I don't have a big branding marketing team. But I do have it enough of the innate ability to say, you know what? I, I want my Polo Grounds logo to look like this. I want my cover to look like this. I had to find a book cover designer who can make this image come to life. Mm -hmm. I always knew that I wanted John Perry on the cover of that book, yeah. right? I knew that the road of the show books needed to have a road going through it. And so I, yeah. I had to find a sunflower field with a road. And I had to, so I, a lot of times we'll be on, you know, websites myself, the Pix, Pixels and all the different, you know, uh, imaging websites to find these pictures because um, I wanted to use that style in, in how I designed the books. So mm -hmm. in many ways, I feel like um, this was what I was born to do, that gain that business degree put me in a position that I could one day leave Morgan Stanley and start my own firm. Um, you know, frankly, when I left, you know, you know, from my first book, when I left Morgan yep. Stanley, I lost a lot of my clients. And it's amazing how one day you'll be grateful for your suffering because if I still had so many clients, I wouldn't have the time yep. to be writing books. So it's, it's a perfect balance now. And so I still run Satya. I'm still very busy doing that, but I also have the time now to, to run Polo Grounds you know, the business of it. I do my own accounting. I mean, I do the accounting for Satya. I mean, I have an accountant that I hand it over to after. Yeah. Check but I had a, that stuff I all learned in business school. And I mean, I didn't learn any of that stuff in, in liberal arts at Tulane, but all my friends who were in the B school did, but I was a liberal arts guy. And so business school, I have to, you know, is really important for people who want to be in the business world. And if we're entering a world where, you know, we're going to have more entrepreneurs working at home, yep. less corporations. And, you know, um, I think that having business savvy is important, but even more important than business savvy is having passion because if you're passionate about something, you will find the people and the resources needed to make these dreams come true because people are going to feel your vibration. They're going to want to be around that and they'll want to help you build it. Um, but yeah, so with, with, with this book project though, um, in many ways I, I was, my whole life path led me to this. And I, mm -hmm. and by the way, you know, I thought about getting an agent and getting a publisher and getting a traditional book deal. And I thought, you know what, it might be very difficult when I can do it myself and do it my own way and have yep. not to oh, yeah. optimize anything. And you know what? The, the author of the wax pack, which is one of the best selling books right now, he was rejected 38 times over six years before some publisher finally said yes. Oh, wow. Now, on the one hand, I, I respect him so much for his perseverance and determination, but also shows this business is really hard. And mm -hmm. yet we live in a world now with technology, the same way you just created your own podcast, you bought your own mic, you bought your own recording oh, yeah. studio. I, I'm, I create my own publishing company and I'll be soon doing, you know, audio, audible books the same way. And, um, yeah, it's just, um, one of these things where if you're passionate, the doors will open, the ideas will come to you. And in many ways, that's when I, when I get ideas on my jogs or in meditation, um, I always joke this the music gods or the baseball gods, but when you're in, in touch with spirit and you're in meditation, you're in that, 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 that aligned balance, um, these thoughts, you can say that you're, that your own, but when Elon Musk had the idea for how to build a rocket, you know, oh, yep. it's going to go to the moon. Where do those ideas really come from? You know, he, he, you know, Nikola Tesla said he got, got ideas from aliens. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it comes from spirit. I think we start to, we start to channel um, whatever you're meant to produce. When you tap into that alignment, mm -hmm. then it will come out of you. And I was meant to write books about baseball and music and to invest people's money to help their kids, you know, buy houses and go to college. But, but it's been amazing how life, your life path will change. And 
if I still had over a hundred clients at Morgan Stanley, this side career yeah. never would have happened. And I can't tell you how much joy it brings me to write these books to create them, but also when you get the feedback. I mean, let, let's talk briefly about how, how we met. I mean, that's yeah. one of my favorite stories ever. Why don't you show that story real quick? Yeah. So I actually uh, Googled uh, books about baseball and religion. Yep. And I found the baseball gods are real. And then I said that to myself and I said, well, hell yeah, they are. So I purchased the book and I read it within days. It was fast. So then I posted a picture of the book on Instagram and I saw you, you shared it on your story. This is awesome. I'm going to send him a message and then tell him like my in-depth stories about the baseball gods. And I, I thought it was really awesome how you connect with uh, the people that reach out to you. And that's a big reason why I truly believe that, I mean, you're an amazing author and, and what you do is uh, purposeful and you do it with an amazing passion. So real quick, Dayton Moore, um, general manager of the Royals is our neighbor. And he yes. gave Nate three books to read a few months ago. And one of them that I've read called the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. The idea of the butterfly effect is that, you know, when a butterfly whipples his wings, you know, you know, what comes after that, all the different, you know, um, uh, things that follow from that. And the idea yep. that, you know, when you make a difference by making a, uh, holding a door for a stranger or giving a bum a dime, you know, or a dollar, 10 bucks, when you're doing good things, you don't know how that is affecting other people. Mm-hmm. And so as an author, you know, like my second book hasn't sold that many copies. And I, I, I would have loved it to be a huge success, but like, you know, not every album of Bruce Springsteen is going to be a huge hit. But when you write a book, I, I kind of always felt like if, if I help, if one person reads my book and it touches their heart and stimulates their mind and motivates them to change their life in a better way, then, then I've yeah. done, then this has been a successful mission as an author. And so when you reached out to me, that's probably one of the first people who really reached out to me, hey, look, I loved your book and it really touched me. And then you feel so good from that. Mm-hmm. The energy flows and that inspires you to write more books because you want to feel good helping other people. And that's one of the, the magical things about universe is that when you put out good, you get back good. And so I always um, felt like, I don't know who's going to read these books. Maybe it's just my friends and family and that would be yeah. okay too. Right. Uh, maybe I only sell a dozen or so books, but, but what if I became a best-selling author where, you know, people are really reading these books and it really, you know, every book, you know, Joe Bonzel, who is the, a tenor singer for the Oak Ridge boys, Mm-hmm. The Oak Ridge Boys are diehard baseball players. Excuse me, baseball fans. Before, <laughs> earlier in life, they were all baseball players. So, so when we connected through Twitter, and I eventually interviewed Joe for in my my Music Gods Volume Two book. Mm-hmm. But he, but he was talking about um, you know, the way the universe works, and just you know, it's it's all in God's divine plan. And and um, and I I you know, also trying to thought a little bit on that. But but the idea is that um, yeah, this is um, you know it's a beautiful thing what's, what's what I'm experiencing and everyone can experience it too when you follow your passions. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the same way that, you know, when Joe and I, here's my thought, when Joe and I, Joe's written 10 books besides being in the, the country hall of fame and all that. And every book he wrote, he, his goal was to have meaning and purpose in his books. Um, uh, about world war two or about being, you know, writing children's books or his life on the road, with the Oak Ridge boys. And, um, I already had penned a few books since then. And, and I definitely had a, a purpose with all my books, but, Meeting him and 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 talking to him, it inspired me even more. And 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 since then, I've re- I've written both my religion books, 
And, um, and there was an absolute purpose in that I, I want, I want to live in a world where there's peace and love, you know, I don't want to yeah, live yeah, in a world sure. where everyone hates each other. You know, I want to live in a golden age and age of Aquarius. And, and I think in order for that to happen, everyone has to do their part. Yep. And so I was thinking about how these books are my way to make my conscious, sort of like my, my deposit, my contribution to the universe. This is my way of trying to make the world a better place. And I hope I'm doing it in a way that I'm also, you know, opening people's hearts and minds, but also entertaining them at the same time, because the books were not entertaining. They wouldn't read them, which is many ways oh, yeah. why, I think it's how spirit had me choose books about baseball and music. It's almost like a Trojan horse. If people knew my books were about God or religion or spirituality or law of attraction or manifesting, they might not be into that stuff. It just sounds like woo woo, whatever. But because I use, I wrap these, these themes around baseball or music and I'll soon do it with, with investing as well. Uh, if I'm infusing these stories with spirit, then that's what's That's going to be the end result. And when people like you, read my books and are touched. Now here you are, you've just launched your own podcast. You're, yep. you're, you're more inspired since reading my book. And that inspires me even more. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful, you know, collaborative thing. We're all part of this collective consciousness and we feed off of each other. And so it's, it's my thrill. When you reached out to me, I was thrilled to reach out to you. And by the way, it goes both ways. You know, my, my music gods book series that started because I reached out to, to the, the, the band Twiddle from Vermont. And mm -hmm. I, I basically wanted to go to Montana. I don't want to spoil the book too much, but I had an excuse to go to Montana to visit a past life and try to confirm it. And, um, and Twiddle's tour came out. And they were coming through Kansas City and then playing two shows in Montana. And I said, I got to go to Montana, you know? And so sure enough, I mailed him a bunch of books and I asked, hey, can I one day interview guys for my book series, which had not been even started yet, in Montana? And they said, yes. You know, because yep. the worst they could have said was no, but if I never yep. asked, they never would have been able to respond. And so one of the things that, that are important in these books is that, yes, law of attraction is important and believing in spirits is important, but, but just being, having, having um, a tenacious attitude, having passion, going out to get what you want in life and opening doors that may be closed, but sometimes yep. you have to knock on the door and open it. And when I first emailed Twiddle's manager, Kevin Rondo, I first uh, found him on LinkedIn and he didn't respond back. So then I tried to find him on Facebook, right? Yep. I wasn't going to give up. I was going to keep going and so you'll find the same thing when you're trying to get interviews for your podcast if the first time you get a, a a no and you just accept that or you get voicemail if you don't call back you never get that interview you have to put yourself out there and that means being vulnerable that means sometimes getting rejected and that means you have to have a thick skin sometimes or to learn to have a thick skin so that when rejection comes it's a stepping stone not an obstacle and uh, and that's true when i was in in college emailing or back then writing letters to record companies to get an internship, right? Mm. I mean, this has been true my whole life. You've got to take the initiative. When I was trying to run for school class president in high school, you know, I had to hustle and put up signs every day and oh, hand yeah. out pamphlets and do all that crap. Because if you don't make the effort, it's just not going to come. You can manifest and pray all you want, but the baseball gods require you to do the work, right? Yep. At the end of the day, you have to do the work to achieve your goals and dreams. And so my dream was to be an investor and start my own firm. And then I wanted to be an author and as that's now, you know, coming to fruition, um, I'm, I'm very, very grateful. And I think that's another point, which is gratitude. Because yeah, when yeah. you stay in a state of gratitude, um, universe continues to, to, um, to praise you and, and to help you along the way. And so I stay grateful. And the key is, if, if I didn't say yes to your interview, that's like when like Twitter saying no to me. Yeah. So you have to keep, keep it going. You know, what goes around comes around in this life. And maybe that, and, and interesting, in my religion of uh, baseball book, I talk about karma. Mm -hmm. I think look, karma is a concept that we all understand, but you don't have to be a, a Hindu or a Buddhist to appreciate karma because if you're a Christian, just think of the term what goes around comes around. That yep. is karma. And, and most Christians believe in that. So we all believe in the same things, except just different names and labels for that. Yeah. It's just all worded different. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's all, what was it? Cause I grew up, uh, I went to a Catholic school growing up, but then it was forced upon 
so therefore was pushed away and then i had to find something to believe in and it's it's always been there is a higher power someone is out there or something is out there but there is a higher power karma is real amen (laughs) and you just have to believe in what you believe and believe to the absolute fullest yeah, and it's a challenge because when you're in a rut, like, look, 40 million people just lost their jobs in two months. The rug yeah. just got pulled out from so many people. It's just crazy. I mean, every book of life has been affected. But it's all about, okay, these are your new circumstances, so then how do you deal with it? Yeah. It's very natural to want to feel depressed or scared. These are all natural feelings. But if you're having those feelings, well, then that signal's being sent to the universe. So mm. it's very hard to commit yourself to be happy and optimistic when your life kind of sucks. And when I went through a midlife crisis, it took some time learning that, Negative thoughts gave me more negative reality. I remember there would be days I would, uh, at the end of the day, I'd lose a client and then I would come home and I'd sit in the driveway and I would just be weeping and I would, I'd say to myself, I'll probably lose two clients tomorrow. And would you know it? Absolutely. The next day I would lose, I lost two clients. And that's how you believe it, it'll happen. It's almost like my thoughts are manifesting in real time. So then I said, what if I, what if I say I'm not going to lose a client tomorrow? What if I, what some great's going to happen tomorrow? What if I'm going to have a new relationship open up tomorrow? Don't be surprised if that's what starts to manifest. But yep. by the way, just because you have a one, a one good day of positive thinking or one yeah. good day of meditation, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah, I really do the work. I mean, for me, I didn't start noticing the baseball gods or spirit becoming an active part of my life. Um, several years into my, my spiritual path, frankly. I mean, the first couple of years, I was still on the downslope, still going through my suffering and feeling sorry for myself. And when you're feeling sorry for yourself, there's no help from the gods. Um, oh, no. It wasn't until I started exercising and doing yoga and meditating and watching self-help videos and, you know, you know, all that stuff, you know, you know, listen to Wayne Dyer and, you know, Tony Robbins. I went through that phase and I, yeah. I'm telling you, those people are in this universe for a reason. They helped me. And so, you know, every stage of this process, you know, has to play its course, but those people like Wayne Dyer, you know, they, you know, and Abraham Hicks, you know, they talk about your thoughts, create your reality and how amazing it's, how amazing it is true. Um, but again, there's it's you have to do the work and it ain't just one thought right yeah it's, you know, time for these thoughts to accumulate and build abundance for them to actually manifest in your reality but the better you get manifesting the quicker these realities will happen yeah so um so be careful what you wish for because oh, yep it can yeah. happen gotta stay positive always yeah, so stay positive, positive do you have any final thoughts do you have any advice to the listeners yeah my advice would be is um is that there's at any stage in life you can change your life path you know the road of the show is a metaphor for the, for this journey. You know, when do you ever reach the destination? You know, because when, yeah. if you had a goal, you set it and then you reach it, then you set a new goal. Yeah. So in many ways, if we're always looking forward, we don't ever appreciate the now. And living mm-hmm. in the now is so is so important. And that's when living in the now is when you get to that point of stillness. And that's when you can get into that meditative state. And that's when that that spirit can flow through you. And then and then you can be a creator and manifest. And again doesn't matter if you're an accountant, you'll be a better accountant if you have spirit flowing through you or a better baseball player, whatever it is. But um, my feeling is that wherever you are in your life, um, you know, find out the truth about karma and law of attraction. Yeah. These concepts have been around forever and I was yep. unaware of them my entire life. And once I became aware of them, you had that, you know, the Ikea moment, like, aha, and then, then you start to learn to use these, these tools. And so um, right now we're going through a very tough time in, in, in humanity. We have 
um, riots going on and, and, and cops, you know, killing people. And it's, it's really heartbreaking, but in many ways, I kind of feel like it's the darkest before the dawn and, um, and the age of Aquarius, the golden age, um, it's coming. We all have to help collectively co-create it. And right now I look at the world, you know, we're going through the birthing pains of that new age and it ain't yep. pretty as is birth. And so hold on tight guys. We're going to get through this, but, um, Try to be optimistic about that light down in the end of that tunnel because it is there. Um, and remember, when, you, when you're in a dark room and you light a candle, the darkness scatters very quickly. And so it shows that light and love are very, very powerful and way more powerful than fear and anger and, and all this darkness we're seeing. And so we all have to be, be the change we want to see in the world. And, you know, the idea of, you know, this is, this is the New Testament times and mm-hmm. the end times. Well, well if it is. Then, then let's all find Christ consciousness within each of us. When we all live and breathe um, the embodiment of Jesus. And again, I'm not a Jew for Jesus kind of person, but the fact is, look, he was humble, he was kind, he was generous, he was giving. Um, he had all the qualities that you'd want your children to have when they grew up to be adults, right? So why yeah. wouldn't we want to live like that? And so the idea is if we're waiting for some, some Jesus to come from the clouds, we might be waiting for a long time. Maybe the Gnostics were right. And it's when we all find what Jesus, in, 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 about John the Baptist, mm-hmm. he had... Christ consciousness as well. So when we all can tap into this Christ consciousness, that's how we can co-create a new golden age where we can live in peace and harmony, where you know there's economic um, equality and there's abundance for everyone. Right now, the world is very tilted where there's the 1% and then everybody else. Yep. And um, we have to find a way where capitalism can work for everyone. Um, and so I look forward to that day. And I, all I want to help do is, uh, is my part, but everyone can do their part. And you do your part by just being a good person. I mean, we don't all have to be out there writing books or saving the world. Mm-hmm. Just by being a good person and, that, that, and, and letting your love light shine, that vibration impacts your family around you, your friends, your coworkers, your teammates, um, the guys in your band and your crew. So, so by, by, by raising your vibration, by finding the spiritual path, that to me is, is what this is all about. It's all, we're all on this road of the show. And that road of the show is that road to enlightenment, kind of how Buddha eventually got there. We're all, oh, we're all yeah. trying to become enlightened in a way. And so, um, so my advice would be just to follow your passions, do what you love. And if you, if you do what you love, um, good things will come your way. And you'll find you'll, you'll be doing uh, for a living what you love, which is the goal for everyone is to do what they love. And, and um, so I wish that for everyone. And I wish everyone you know, you know, the best of luck. And may the baseball gods be with everybody. You obviously knocked that out of the park right there. Right on. Well, it's great to be with you today. Oh yeah. Jonathan, thank you so much. My pleasure. You take care, Mason. Be well. You too. So there you go. You heard it first. The Astros had the opportunity to not cheat if they just read the baseball gods are real. Big thank you to Jonathan Fink and also shout out to his son, Nate. I learned lots from Jonathan and also was curious to see all of the religions of all the players in the game. Like, I had no clue that there was so many Jewish players in the MLB. And to name a few, Alex Bregman, Ryan Braun, Jock Peterson, Kevin Pillar. There's way more than that. I think it's awesome of how diverse baseball is. And I believe that we should all embrace every single religious aspect in that sport. Baseball is a spiritual game. And there are thousands of events that us players, fans, etc. cannot explain. I actually had some crazy idea that for Hall of Fame Induction Week, why not go to Cooperstown and have a church service to the baseball gods? Kind of crazy, but I'm crazy. But anyways, Jonathan Fink, I mean, he, he does an amazing job putting these thoughts to words. So if you're interested in this topic about 
spirituality, whether it's baseball or even music-wise, Jonathan has a few books that you should consider reading. You can find them on Amazon, and I will for sure post a link below. Always a huge shout-out to Routine Baseball. For many of my apparel I wear throughout the episodes, Routine has got me covered. They started out of a basement producing teas, and now they're shipping apparel and accessories across the globe. I know you can't see it, but I am currently wearing my white Watch Us Change It Tim Anderson collaboration with Routine shirt. Oh, and go Cubs. (laughs) 